We're going to show you wallflowers, the perks of real flowers. Watch out, watch out. Wayne, you're going the wrong way. You want to go? Because we can go right now. This message is transmitted at the request of the United States Office of Civil Defense. We are under siege by a chemical attack. How bad is it? It's not that bad. episode of fresh cats this is mike and joining me as always it's mr venom what's up venom how's it going greetings and salutations stupid high school kids yeah i'm doing pretty well mike hey, i'm only addressing the stupid high school kids this week everybody else i guess i'm not saying hello to <laughs> how the hell are you mike i was like well my kids aren't quite high school age yet so yeah I'm and i guess i'll be spared of your wrath <laughs> <laughs> uh doing well uh just you know, I, I really don't have anything new to report <laughs> other than doing well. It's it's summertime, so, you know, all the stuff that comes with that. But uh, also with us, it's Don and Ellie. What's up, Don? How are you? Yeah, doing good. Always happy to be here. All right, cool. So uh, we will get right into this week's movie then. And this one is a VOD pick. We kind of... Uh, I don't know. I, I don't even know how exactly. I think this is just one that released like pretty recently. It was between this and a couple others, and for whatever yeah, reason, yeah, I think this was more of a we've got access to it, so I think we can pick it kind of a thing. Yeah. So this one was made in conjunction between Epics, which is the premium movie network, and Bloomhouse. So well, I guess they kind of collaborate on getting this one produced. It is labeled as a comedy horror thriller. And uh, it, it's titled Unhuman. The synopsis on IMDb goes as follows. A group of high school students whose school bus crashes on a field trip 
Uh, wait. Yeah, the English yeah, is okay. very improper here. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. was like, oh. Uh, I, good yeah. job, IMDb. Yeah, I was about <laughs> ready to laugh at that. I was about ready to pop in and say, uh, Mike, be sure to um, mentally correct the English. <laughs> yeah, there's a period there. Okay. Uh, let's see. Relations are tested once they realize they are being stalked by an attacker who ten- intends to drive them out and straight into a horrifying fight to survive. All right, I guess we're going to find out did we love this one or was it a horrifying fight to survive to get through the runtime of one hour and 31 minutes so not i mean i would say not a crazy long runtime or anything but uh i don't know we'll see what we thought of this one so unhuman venom general thoughts what did you think of this movie well unfortunately i'm not gonna come in very high on this one i did not have a very good time with this movie um i I, i'm actually struggling to try to find something to compliment this movie on um the score is just not good it's annoying it's got a lot of uh like 2000s alt music on there which like to me i I guess if you like that kind of music it, it might work for you but yeah i hated this score I hated pretty much everyone in it. These performances are, I won't go so far as to say terrible performances, but ultimately, you know, it's a movie filled with high school kids. I've, I've already said ad, ad nauseum how, you know, these aren't the kind of horror movies that I would gravitate towards. Um, based on its description, it looked like it was going to be mildly fun. And I will say for maybe half of the second act, it was mildly fun. Um, I was kind of looking forward to this because uh, Ch- Charlie Clouser did the score for this and he who did the score for the Saw movies, which is one of my favorite scores of all time. And yeah, this one is uh, just not very well done, I guess. It seems like he might have phoned it in this time, you know, quick paycheck or whatever. But uh, yeah. Uh, and, and then on top of everything, this movie does something that I can't fucking stand. And unfortunately, I can't talk about it now because it would be a major spoiler. But there have been horror movies like this over the years that periodically come out that just do something at the end of the film that just make me completely feel like I wasted my fucking time. And, um, yeah, on top of the fact that the journey wasn't even all that great to get to that reveal at the end. And then once once we get the reveal, to, to be able to accept it, you've got to have some major suspension of disbelief, especially considering these are high school kids. Granted, they're 18. They're about to graduate. But they're still fucking high school kids. And, you know, whenever we get, you know, an evil genius in a movie like this, uh, you know, and and he's like a 17 year old kid. I just uh, I have a really hard time swallowing it. So Um, very little as far as kills on screen kills effects. It's just meh. I mean, I guess if anything, we would I I guess we classify. Well, I I guess I'm not even going to classify the movie since they don't even talk about the antagonists in the uh, synopsis. So I guess I'll leave that alone for now. But um, oh, what else? Uh, just I, I just overall, I just really didn't have that great a time with this movie. Mike said that it was an hour and a half. And it felt like three hours to me. I, I'm not going to say it's the worst thing I've seen in forever. Not at all. Um, you know, I've seen a lot worse. Um, the movies, as far as the cinematography goes, it's OK. At times, it doesn't look great. And at times, too, they make some weird filmmaking choices, which we'll talk about in the spoiler section. But, yeah, overall, this feels like um, just a a very up and coming director, you know, making maybe his first feature. I I care so little about this film that I really didn't look up too much information on it. Uh, It's Marcus Dunstan, the guy who did The uh, Collector and Collected. 
Okay, well, then what the fuck happened to him? Because I love The Collector. Uh, I don't know what the hell this movie is, but, you know, whatever. Again, um, so I, I guess I'll just leave my general thoughts at that. Nah, to me, it wasn't a very compelling film. You know, not really any likable characters other than, other than ever our main um, female protagonist. And actually, that's a cool name. Two weeks in a row, we've had some cool names. Last week, we had a kid named Brecken. This week, we have a girl named Ever, an Asian girl. So, eh, kind of interesting names. But otherwise, um, I'm going to be struggling to find positive things to say about this movie once we're finally, like, talking about it, talking about actual scenes and plot points in the movie. But yeah, for me, uh, this is not a winner. Nothing that I think anybody, you know, needs to watch. And, you know, I can't imagine it's going to be in anybody's top 10 list at the end of the year. So this is one that I just can't recommend. uh, Once I've said this before, and I'll say it again, this is a horror comedy that is neither scary nor funny. So that pretty much tells you how I feel about the film. That's it for now, Mike. Okay, uh, we'll move it on over to Don. What did you think of Unhuman? Uh, yeah, um, I'm pretty close with Venom in um, several regards. Um, I, I do find uh, the characters uh, just absolutely killable. Um, I could not root uh, faster for a zombie apocalypse to overrun and overtake uh, a group of characters quicker. Um Absolutely just full of uh, cliché teen uh, beats. Uh, you know, every single teenage horror film we've ever seen basically is uh, represented here. You know, loner, outcast, the nerd, the bully, the jock, the cheerleader. You know, basically every single, uh, you know, unlikable, unusable, and, uh, you know, just irritating character trope just, you know, littered the screen in the first five minutes. So... You know, yeah, uh, you want your zombie apocalypse to just basically wipe everybody out, uh, you know, as quickly as possible. But I, I, I will say this movie did have me for like the first 40, 45 minutes. Um, you know, the you know, the initial introduction of what's going on, uh, you know, getting there and all of the, you know, minor little beats uh, here and there that kind of, you know, pinpoint things are happening. Um, I, I was with it, um, you know, not top quality material but you know i'm i'm not hating it i'm not loving it but it's kind of watchable in a sense it's not you know like the worst thing i've ever seen so you know it's like yeah okay there's a you know an issue here or there but uh it's kind of you know it's not you know without its own merits but yeah once this thing decides to try to twist everything around and introduce this uh i will call it cleverer than thou twist uh in the new I think around the hour mark is when we first start getting hints that there's uh, something else going on. Man, does this thing just shit the bed. Um, I mean, it's just how this thing is supposed to play off is just mind-numbingly stupid. You know, you're trying to, you know, not, you know, be specific and all that, but how this thing is supposed to play off with the intent behind everything that's going on is just moronic on a scale that is just absolutely incomprehensible as to why a this would work b the mechanics of this thing are supposed to go off without a hitch three everybody involved is supposed to play their parts you know the the whole thing is designed to be played off you know everything falls into place and nobody has any contingency plans and it's just you know 
I, I, I read somewhere when I was trying to do research for this, which was probably the stupidest thing I should have done. <laughs> but yeah, um, everybody was, you know, pointing out all of these illogical fallacies. And it's like, how is this thing supposed to play off without, you know, the authorities getting involved and, in, you know, asking one or two questions that would just basically render the entire thing beyond, you know, rational. And coming from the guys that scripted the sauce franchise, cause this is, you know, Dunstan and, uh, Melton. Uh, uh, Melton. Yeah. You know, coming from guys that, you know, yeah, the, they came from the saw films. They know what they're doing and this doesn't feel like they know what they're doing. So it's kind of like, you know, it it falls really, really flat on its face, like you're not supposed to think about it. But coming from guys where you're supposed to think about it, it you know, you're kind of left without much to say here. So, yeah, uh, I, I won't say it's as bad. Um, I mean, I, I understand where Venom's coming from because I do recognize and I do see a lot of where he's coming from. But I, I was... Uh, with it for about the first 40 45 minutes but then after that it, it just it kind of started feeling its length and then the final twist in the third act is just ugh, it's it's terrible um so i i will say it does have a few positives but um considering where we've come from this year in zombie films with uh, Virus 38, The Sadness, and uh, a couple of VOD films that uh, were unfortunately not covered on uh, Fresh Cuts, but uh, yeah, this is probably the weakest of the bunch, and uh, yeah, I I have very, very, very tough time recommending this to anyone other than uh, number padding. Uh, you know, those just looking to uh, mm-hmm. fill out the gaps in your list, just looking to get as many films in as you can by saying, well, I watched 150 films. Well, I watched 180 films. So, you know, screw you. My list is better kind of a, a situation. If, if that's your only goal for the year, uh, OK, this is worth a shot. But, uh, yeah, everybody else. Uh, yeah, you, I don't see much of a reason to delve much further into this one. Yeah. If Don was into it for 40 minutes, I think I only got a good 20, 25. And that's like I was, I, I, was yeah. 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 I can I see was, that lasting up until like the crash. I think that's pretty much right where I can see somebody like you checking out. I think, wait, the initial crash, you mean the first one? Cause I, that's where I actually started caring about the movie. I mean, I, like I said, I don't care about any of these characters. They're, they're, yeah. they're all, you know, good looking. I, it's usually good looking white kids, but they actually threw a couple of minorities in here. We got a black guy and an Asian girl. So, you know, they, I guess uh, they're kind of learning to not just put a bunch of good looking white people in their slashers. But, well, not that this is a slasher, but whatever the fuck you want to call this. Um, I, yeah, I was, I was not on board for as long. Some of the effects, like some of the animal effects, like there's a, there's a, like a gutted horse in the movie that looked pretty cool and made for a slightly enjoyable scene. But yeah, I, I just was not on board for very long. Like, like Don said, once I realized that all these characters are basically just caricatures, just, you know, over the top parodies of real humans, I it just, I kind of checked out completely. Yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah, uh, I I see where you're coming from, and yeah, that's uh, understandable. Because I I didn't last much longer, so. (laughs) All right, Mike, get in here. (laughs) All right, so, uh, you know, before I get into my thoughts specifically on this movie, I'll I'll just say, you know, as someone who is now into his 40s, I'll I'll spare myself by by not saying well into his 40s, but I am in my (laughs) 40s. Um, 
I do recognize that there's going to, you know, I am really pushing the edge probably outside of it now, depending on which. As the youngest person on this list, I think I'm the person that's pushing the edge on what the target audience for this kind of a film, because I'm younger than you and I'm kind of pushing the edge. Well, no, I wasn't even going to say not. I wasn't even talking about this movie specifically. I'm just talking about general pop culture. Like I'm, I'm pretty much on the outside looking in now. So I do go into movie like when I saw the cover art and I kind of looked at the cast, I went into it recognizing like this isn't going to probably be something marketed towards me. However, um, there's plenty of movies that aren't marketed towards me that, you know, I still can have fun with. There is, there is, um, there's not always overlap with a movie not marketed to me and bad like it doesn't have to be both right but unfortunately this one kind of is now now you know i actually kind of think maybe saying it's bad is a little harsh i would say it's mediocre but you know maybe the people watching this that are young and haven't seen a bunch of stuff wouldn't find it that way but hey we talk about our feelings on it so you know if i can get one of if i can get my oldest to watch it maybe she would have a higher opinion on it but unfortunately she's not a co-host on the show so (laughs) um yeah so i think i think my point is like what i'm trying to say is like just because movies aren't marketed to my or our specific demographic doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be bad i I, now with 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 this movie i'm kind of with dawn because i because venom you mentioned like the second act is the act that you were kind of on board kind of i guess that's where i started to check out yeah Okay, yeah, see, for me, it was, um, I I was kind of fine with the setup, you know, I, I, once we start getting the characters, it's like, okay, yeah, it's going to be these, these teams, probably with, you know, superficial teenager problems that are long in my history, I'm going to have to probably sit through some of that, so I was kind of like, okay, and then I actually thought, like, um, the, the bus crash, and that kind of, the, the outcome from that was kind of cool, I was pretty on board until I'll, I'll try to leave it vague our characters end up at a building that's kind of vague enough to not really spoil anything once they kind of get settled in in that location that's to me where the movie just comes to a halt as far as pacing goes it feels like not much happens until we get to i guess either the i guess you would call it the end of the second act or third i have a hard time even categorizing where one act ends and one begins once we get to that building but once they I mean, start explaining everything that's going on so that's me, i guess where you can say it picks up again but well, okay if i don't gonna, know it, it ground to me well i mean it, I, I wouldn't say that this is definitive but i would say the first act is the bus the bus crash and then the second act is the backsplash to reveal the plan i think that's kind of like the delineating factors okay i might agree with that yeah that's, that's it's, right around the right time yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that it's definitive, but I would say um, the bus crash is the separation between first and second, and then the flashback revelation for what's going on is second into third. Okay, yeah. So I, yeah, the second so, act of this movie is really long. I agree with Don because the bus the bus crash is only at like the fifteen minute mark, but right, the second yeah. act is really long in this one. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I wouldn't say that that would be. Uh, the definitive one, but if I was to do it based on Mike's suggestion, I would probably put those delineating factors in there. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so 
so yeah when when it kind of goes into some back explanation i i guess you could make the the argument that it picks up a little only because you're okay i'm getting some kind of information here but, but really it's it's like okay now we got what's going on let's move again it doesn't really move um there's there's a few good gore gags in this um but otherwise i just I just didn't find the characters very interesting. There, there wasn't really anything that separated this from every other thing. I, I swear the more movies this year, I think this year specifically that I see for this demographic, the, the more I'm like looking back positively on scream and I was only lukewarm on scream to begin with. So I probably just need to rewatch it till I come to my senses on that one too. No, sorry. All you scream fans, but, uh, (laughs) um, it's it's like you know for all the fault I found in the new screen, not that I thought it was a bad movie, but just you know whether I was being overly critical or not, I look back on it now and I'm like, okay, well it's still better than most of all these things that I'm that I'm watching. Well, now. I mean it's also got a you know fifty million dollar budget. I mean not literally, but I mean it's a big Hollywood production. So I yeah, mean, it, it is yeah, kind of hard true. to. You know, it's kind of hard to compare unhuman to scream. Yes, yeah, they're kind it does of have a foundation to work off of and exactly. all that stuff. So, I mean, you've got an established franchise. I mean, they could literally phone it in and make a hundred million dollars. So, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, get almost that to even make it in the first place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um. So yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know, man. The main like the main character usually it's someone you can really get behind. I just found it kind of bland. And this one just oh, that I don't know, kind man. Of plays into her part, though, to, to an extent. When we later on, when we kind of you know, once the killer gives all the different people a designation, uh-huh. her designation makes sense. Her character plays into that designation. So I think I think she actually does a great job of being that dull, you know, whitewash character. I, I you know, that's who she's supposed to be. I, I don't necessarily think it's a bad acting performance. I think that's what the character kind of needed. Yeah, um, I, 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 I liked I liked Peter Giles in this movie. I just wish we got more. I mean, it was How's... nice to see Drew Scheid in here, you know, um, from Fear Street and Halloween. I actually do kind of like him. Mm-hmm. And I was on board for his character in this one until we get the reveal, which we'll talk about in the spoiler section. Yeah, I, I thought, uh, so Peter Giles, he played Mr. Lorenzo. I guess the te- I don't know if he was their teacher, just kind of their supervisor for this program or whatever. Their chaperone or whatever. Yeah. Chaperone, yeah. So I liked him and whatever the guy's name was that played the bus driver. I thought it was kind of funny. Um, yeah, but of course, mind. you know, it's like it's like the adults who are like the best part of this. Not of course, kids. kids don't know how to be funny. High school kids think they're funny. They're they're not. They're funny to each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that that could probably just be something where. It's, I mean, how many teenagers end up coming? It's a lost in translation thing between like an elder millennial and a Z, I guess. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, overall, like I, I wouldn't go as far to say it's a bad movie. It's just not for me. And uh, yeah, I, I, if you're into what school kids dealing with, I, I don't even know what if, how much I want to say, but let's just say. Yeah, there, there's probably an audience out there for this that'll like it a lot more than we did. But uh, I mean, the one, the the biggest positive I can give this movie is that it actually is a very strong statement on bullying. Um, mm-hmm. They make a couple of 
great points about bullying in this movie. It's the points that I've actually thought about for years, but never really had an opportunity to talk to people about. But yeah, uh, that's that, that's the one high point of this film is that if you're someone who's, you know, in a lesser group, if you will, you're not one of the cool kids. I think this movie is probably going to resonate with you, especially if you're someone like ever who's basically invisible, you know, who basically aside from her one friend that she has, she's basically, you know, nothing to everybody else. So, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, and yeah, I didn't, I mean, again, it's like probably a generational thing, but I agree. I wasn't too enamored with the soundtrack, but that just could be because it's not my personal liking of like that genre of music. That's what I was saying too. I just don't like that music. So it's probably just me, but even the score stuff, like the stuff that wasn't licensed music, just, I don't know. It's it's not standard Charlie Clauser by any stretch. Yeah. And and it's like, uh, not to, I don't know why scream keeps coming up, but not the, not the new screen, but even stuff like, you know, scream two and, three came out in like the height of new metal and there was like a lot of crappy new metal on those soundtracks sure. but, it, but it still seemed like it kind of fit you know like not well, it's mean, not it's period, not music but... i would sit there and listen to outside of like rolling through the screen credits but it just kind of felt appropriate for like the movie where a lot of this music just felt like oh let's let's try to just throw some random stuff it's just, yeah yeah Absolutely. And kind of to speak to your point about target market or target audience, I tend not to buy into that too much because I'm a believer in the concept of if it's, if it's a good movie, it's a good movie, period. Happy Death Day is the example that I always go with. I was supposed to hate that movie. I, when, when I saw that trailer, that was back when I was still watching trailers. I wasn't even going to go see it. It looked just dumb as shit. But because we covered it on uh, just the movies back then, uh, I went ahead and went to the theater to see it. And I was so pleasantly surprised. I mean, it was so cleverly written, uh, relatable. I, I just, yeah. See, a good movie is a good movie. It doesn't matter who the target audience is. Yes, it might speak more to the target audience, but ultimately a bad movie is a bad movie. And in my opinion, this is a bad movie. There's very little positive that I can say about it other than its subtext. Like I said, I do, I do appreciate the fact that they're, you know, like the, 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 the killer's motivation in this movie is so much more compelling than the two idiots in the new Scream movie. So, I mean, I guess that's one thing, I guess. That's probably the only thing this movie has over Scream as a franchise, just because they've got the money to pour into that franchise. And this is obviously a micro budget. I mean, obviously, when you see the lack of on-screen kills and gore and everything else, you kind of know they, they were working on a budget here, so... Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, like I said, the statement that this movie makes is about the, the highest praise I can give this movie. Otherwise, the rest of it's kind of crap to me. I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, anything else uh, anybody wants to point out before we jump into spoilers, which it's going to be a quickie. <laughs> no, nah, I'm good. I think I'm good. All right. So Unhuman 2022. Uh, our movie opens up with, um, and by the way, was am I the only one who confused the mother and the daughter in that opening scene? Like I thought Ever was the mom until they started speaking. 
interesting. Like, just when they walked in. No, because I've seen her before, so I know who she was. That makes sense, I guess. Because I've always always grown up with the understanding that in Asian culture, it's younger girls who have long hair. And then when they reach a certain age or they get married, they tend to cut their hair short. Obviously, this is a new world and rules don't really apply. But, yeah, whenever was just sitting there in the kitchen and her mom walks in, I thought it was her daughter. (laughs) Just, I can yeah. see that, but I, I know who the actress is because I've sure. seen her before. So, yeah, I didn't have that. I'm glad I don't know who the actress is because I don't, I don't want this movie to kind of affect my opinion of her. <laughs> uh, maybe her next movie will impress me more. Anyway. And what's her, what's that, how do you pronounce her last name? Brianne Ju? Ju, yeah. Ju, okay. Brianne Ju. Spelled T-J-U. That's why I was confused. All right, folks. So, uh, like I said, our movie opens up with ever a young Asian girl sitting in her kitchen. Her mom comes in basically, you know, mom is obviously very busy, doesn't seem ultra invested in whatever is doing. But then right before mom walks out the door, she kind of redeems herself and says, what's what's wrong? There's obviously something wrong. Talk to me. They have a little heart to heart about just, you know, school pressures and everything else. And the scene basically ends with mom telling her, have fun, but make good decisions. And that'll, that'll come back to us later. Remember that, make good decisions. Um, and then after that, we're kind of introduced to all the different characters in the movie. Like I said, all high school kids. As Don mentioned earlier, we get the traditional horror hierarchy. You know, you've got your jock, um, your jock's toady little friend, uh, his cheerleader girlfriend, You've got the, the the fat kid, the out of shape kid that nobody talks to, the you know the outsider. Um, you've got Ever, who's our our quiet, cute girl that nobody really pays attention to. Ever's best friend, uh, I forget what her name was, might be Tamara. Um, basically, kind of a fair weather friend, like is with her when the cool kids aren't paying attention to her. But you know, which obviously upsets Ever that you know she kind of is treated differently when the cool kids are around. But whatever. So like I said, we're introduced to all of them. We find out that they are going on some kind of field trip. Uh, we're introduced to Mr. Lorenzo at this point, played by Peter Giles, who comes off as a really good douchebag. I mean, he plays a great little douche, you know, and you know, treating these kids like shit, and you know, the holier than thou attitude, and I know everything, and. You know, he talks about being a doctor, even though once a, an actual medical emergency comes through, then he's like, well, I'm a doctor of physical education. You know, I'm not a medical doctor, which is just one of the douchiest things somebody with a Ph.D. can ever say. But that's a conversation for another show. Um, so, like I said, they take off. They're going on their school trip. They're in one of their yellow buses from the high school. And the bus driver, at least as is perceived by the viewer, the bus driver hits something. Um, he, the bus driver is having a little bit of an altercation with Mr. Lorenzo, a little kind of shouting match back and forth. Without looking forward, he ends up hitting something that leaves just a giant red blood splot all over the, the front of the bus, you know, to the point that he has to use, you know, his wipers. And then, of course, we get the incredibly avoidable horror car accident, which... Uh, let, let's let's quiz everyone, folks. If something hits your windshield and it blocks your vision, what the fuck are you gonna do? I, I'm press the sure. gas. Press the yeah, gas. Yeah, exactly. Right? Press the gas and and swing the the uh, the tire, not the tire, the steering wheel. Steer the car wildly back and forth, left and right. Why the fuck wouldn't you just hit the brake? 
just hit the goddamn brake. You know you're on a road. Uh, you're on a concrete road or gravel or whatever. Just hit the goddamn brake. It's such an easily avoidable accident. But again, just one of the thousands of issues I have with this movie. But I had to point that out because that's another horror trope that over the last couple of years have re- has really worn thin on me. The, the easily avoidable car accident in a horror movie. But I'm, I'll leave that alone for now. So. Our kids have, uh, you know, the bus has an accident. Um, You know, they think they hit somebody and they run off the road. They run into a tree, of course. Um, And then suddenly somebody is outside the bus. Somebody is making noises outside the bus. Now, at this point, the bus is off the side of the road in the tall grass. I I did think the bus crash sequence was pretty good. I I did like that scene. It was filmed well, but the driver is a fucking idiot. Because like I said, something hits your windshield and blocks your vision, you hit the brake. Period. That's it, folks. You know, well, especially it's weird once we learn what we learn later. Like, exactly. That's it. what I mean. Yeah, th- th- this whole movie, it really um, drives home Mike's point of this whole plan just being one of the most convoluted, idiotic plans ever. That no- I thought I brought that up. Oh, that was you. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's just that no one would ever get away with the fact that the authorities are never involved in this entire thing, even though literally people are dying. And obviously no one has a cell phone. They make that point right before the bus trip. Um, Mr. Lorenzo collects everyone's cell phones. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll get back to the cell phones later. So, like I said, someone outside the bus. Kind of looks like a metalhead. He's got long hair and a leather jacket with patches on it. <laughs> so he kind of looks like a, a metalhead. He knocks at the door of the bus. Now, mind you, at this point, it's, it's already very obvious that he's covered in blood and, you know, he's already had a couple of jump scares with some of the kids in the windows. So at this point, we're very aware as the viewer that this is some source of menace here. Uh, But of course, I thought they were actually going to give us a Jeepers Creepers too, that we could watch without having to feel guilty about a pedophile being involved. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Exactly. Not that I ever feel bad, but that's, that's a story for another show. Um, but yeah, uh, like I said, just the, Mr. Lorenzo in his infinite wisdom decides to open the bus door and see what this guy wants or if he's hurt or whatever. And of course, as soon as he opens the door, we see a zombie. We see a traditional, you know, pale skinned, slightly damaged looking zombie. He jumps on the bus and instantly takes a bite out of Mr. Lorenzo's face. And what was actually pretty a pretty cool effect, the face peel when he's biting the chunk of his cheek off his face actually looks pretty cool. So I'll give them their credit when they deserve it. And uh, the, the zombie, let's just call him the big bad of the movie, basically just starts going through the bus, basically pulling a Texas chainsaw 2022, where he's just going and just killing people, or at least as far as we know, killing people left and right, slamming them into the hood, into the, like the ceiling of the bus and then back down onto the ground um, you know, at one point there's a girl who's like all jacked up and he pulls her back into the bus and most people would, would assume that she's dead. Now, obviously, a few people are able to get out of the bus. Big surprise. It's the characters that we've all been introduced to already. So our little horror hierarchy, they're all still alive, trying to find a way to get out of this situation that they obviously at this point, no one has said the word zombie. They just know that there's something going on with this person who's stalking them through the woods. They end up finding an abandoned building out in the middle of the woods, and they basically start to hide out there. Now, at this point in the movie is where we start to have the breakdown that we have in every fucking zombie movie where the human characters can't get along. 
In this case, it's even worse because it's high school kids and you're dealing with like two or three different cliques. Uh, you know, of people in here, you know, you've got the cool kids, you've got the smart kids, or at least one smart kid and ever. And then you've got the, you know, the nerd, the, the, the fat you know, outsider, blah, 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 blah. Like I said, so um, they end up, you know, like I said, th that whole relationship starts breaking down. People start accusing people of other things, uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, our, our jock, like our, you know, our main jock douchebag in the film, uh, I forget what his name is. Uh, I'm not sure if it's Danny or Chip. Might be Chip. I don't know. Anyway, point is, he is, uh, obviously he's the alpha male who thinks he can handle everything and, you know, take control of the situation and everything else. But uh, eventually um, they do get attacked. Uh, a zombie or two does end up getting into the building. At this point is where we actually see that there are more than one. It's not just the one big bad that we see. And um, like I said, once the situation starts breaking down in the hideout where the kids are hanging out, um, the bus driver ends up getting into the building and of course he is now a, a zombie we see his eyes are all whited out and he's uh they're basically fast zombies in this one they can run they can attack they can you know it's very 28 days later um but at this point our uh, the bus driver comes in and starts attacking the kids well our main kid i really wish i knew the names of these fucking idiots i, I don't really care i know steven is drew shied uh you know he's the uh, the kind of the weird looking kid from Halloween and um, and Fear Street, the Fear Street movies. Um, but I can't think of what the name, maybe Ryan. I don't know. But anyway, kind of like the kid who seems to have the most on the ball here. And there's probably a reason for that. We'll, we'll come back to that point. Uh, but basically, he just goes crazy and attacks the bus driver and literally, I'm not kidding, smashes his head in like 20 or 30 times with like a wooden, it, I, I don't know if it was a wooden board, like a two by four, or if it was a pipe or something, but yeah, he basically decimates this guy in what sounds like a great scene, because we hear all the squishing and everything, the bone cracking, but then they don't give us the aftermath. So like I said, folks, uh, micro budget movie here, so don't expect to see a lot of gore. Um, let's see, uh, where do we go from here? <laughs> They start to they decide to start uh, coming up with a plan to try to how can I put it almost to cattle the zombies to herd the zombies into one part of the building um, and obviously you know that that falls apart pretty quickly we have different uh, arguments between different characters Ever and Steven get into an argument um, Tamra and Danny get in I mean it's just it's ridiculous everybody's getting into an argument everybody is pissed off at each other and everybody for some reason is blaming Ever for this because um, earlier in the scene we see one of the, uh, another of the kids uh, Candace actually I do remember her name because they said her name like 18 times in the movie but um, yeah, they, they see Candace, who's still alive. She's at, she was the girl who got pulled back into the bus by the big bad. So they see her. She's calling out for help. But, you know, our, our six or seven survivors are hiding in the building. Um, the main douchebag is telling Ever to shut up because Ever obviously wants to yell out to Candace to say, hey, we're over here. Get over here. But there is, but as we see outside the window, our big bad is right there. He's literally right there waiting for Candace to show up. And eventually Ever can't take the pressure anymore. And she just starts yelling out the window, Candace, Candace, get in here. We're in here. 
And unfortunately, as soon as Candace hears Ever and starts kind of limping towards the building, in comes our big bad and basically takes her out once again off screen, unfortunately. I mean, that's going to be a theme here, so get used to that. Um, and then, like I said, there's just various set pieces here throughout, you know, with different zombies attacking, uh, you know, different people getting killed, getting bitten, um, you know, different kids having arguments with each other, blah, 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 splitting up. Part of the reason I love Ever, I mean, there's something that she does later in the movie that I absolutely love, but the fact that she's um, very, like, decisive and st and still wants to help her friends. Like, everybody, all the other kids are terrified. They just want to stay in there and just be quiet, but she's more concerned for a girl who's not even a great friend. Like, Candace and Ever aren't set up to be great friends. They're just kind of showing us that Ever actually has some kind of heart and actually cares about her classmates. So, uh, And then, uh, like I said, uh, various action set pieces that I'm not going to go over. It's a zombie movie. I'm sure you can figure out the different set pieces that we get. Just remember, think of all of them without any gore. Um, I'm not even sure if this movie is even rated R. It's probably like a PG-13. I don't know. I mean, since it's a TV movie, I don't know that we actually got a rating, but man, ugh. Uh, I think the language would probably bump it up just enough. Oh, but that's true. I, language, yeah. I wouldn't... I mean, I don't know how that affects a rating anymore, but I mean, I do remember enough to where I think it would probably have gotten the R rating if it was valid. Yeah, that makes sense. I'll go with that. Oh, wow, I just realized the score for this movie went down overnight. <laughs> it was a 4.4 yesterday. It's a 4.1 today. And I haven't even added my review yet. Go figure. Anyway. Um, at this point now, I, I, I think we can just kind of go over the reveal and um, what is actually what what turns out is happening. And folks, this is why I hate this fucking movie. This is why I hate movies like April Fool's Day. Like um, I'm trying to think of other examples. I can't think of them. But, you know, basically where what the characters in the movie think is going on isn't going on. And it's all a big fucking plot. And that's exactly what we get here. We we find out that our one, our main protagonist kid, who I'm sorry, I forgot his name, but uh, it basically turns out that this whole thing was a plot on his part. He found, basically, he found an old a graduate, a guy who graduated from this high school who was like a chemist and drug dealer. And apparently this guy accidentally discovered this drug, this injectable. Basically, it's like a glowing green dye. Um, basically, and that if you inject it, you you basically turn normal humans into zombies temporarily. It doesn't permanently turn them into zombies. So it's basically a, a hallucinogen type thing. Um, I think in the movie they explain it as they're much more easier to give orders to. You know, they, they, they listen um, to anything that's basically told to them. They don't speak while they're in that state. And they do attack with their mouths a lot. Like there's a lot of biting in this movie. Biting on the arms, biting on the face, things like that. So basically, they're just convincing people that they're zombies. I I, I don't know. I guess it's a fancy uh, form of bath salts. I don't know. Let's go with that. <laughs> so basically, yeah, that's our reveal that this whole yeah, it thing is like a lot. laundry detergent. <laughs> exactly. Like the liquid soap on laundry detergent. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, and they talk about uh, and then they talk about why. And this is where the bullying comes in. Uh, we've seen bullying throughout the movie. Like this same character actually had like a Slurpee thrown at him earlier in the movie just to establish the, the bully aspect of the whole thing. 
And as it turns out, he, uh, Stephen, and um, a couple of the adults, um, uh, by the way, the bus driver, yes, the bus driver was in on this plot, even though uh, our, our main kid squished a shit out of his head. So, I mean, good job playing a role like that. That's exactly what you would need to convince your friends that you're on the level to sit there and literally smash somebody's head open. But as it turns out, they were not a zombie. They were just on this drug. And he and voluntarily, I might add, like they they actually um, wanted to go ahead with this plot. So our main big bad is you know a former graduate um, who was bullied at school. Uh, the guy who um, the bus driver, once again, was, you know, a kid who was bullied at school. And then, of course, our two main kids, Stephen and God damn it, I think Danny. I'm going to go with Danny. Um, basically, they all got together and decided to fucking do this whole plot where they were going to get a bunch of volunteers, inject them with this zombie shit, if you will, and just get all the kids uh, you know, all the kids that they hate into this situation so that they could basically show them, you know, kind of, you know, what it's like to be bullied, what what it's like to not feel safe at school. Um, Danny, uh, if that is his name, actually has a great little monologue in the movie about bullying and about what it does to you and how, you know, you never get over it. And obviously we see the two adult characters that are a part of this plot too. Um and it's true. And, and I can vouch for that, by the way, because I, I was I was bullied in school very much. So, yeah, believe it or not, Mr. Venom was a little meatball in school and he took a lot of shit for it. I started wearing glasses at third grade. Yeah. What does that tell you? So, yeah, I, I've had my share of bullying. And let me tell you that that never goes away. It's not like something I think about every single day. It's not, you know, dictating my life by any stretch. But like now as an adult, as a full grown six foot one, 250 pound adult, I, I don't care how petty it is. If I ever see one of my bullies in the street, I'm beating the fuck out of him. I don't care if he's with his family. I'm beating the living shit out of him. And when he tries to say, oh, we're adults now. Yeah, fuck you. I don't get that time back. I don't get I don't get my confidence. I don't get, you know, all the nights alone, you know, lamenting my life. And, you know, I was never suicidal, thankfully. But yeah. I'm I'm just the whole point of me bringing this up is that I vouch for the fact of the point that Danny is making that bullying never goes away. That shit lives with you forever. So, you know what? My petty ass can understand why they went through with this plot. But like I said, it's just so convoluted. The fact that the police are never involved. A fucking school bus full of children gets into an accident and, you know. Like, and it's not like it's so far in the tall grass that the next person to drive by won't see it. They will very obviously see it. So, yeah, there there is so much that has to go right in this movie that it just after a while, your head is spinning from all the different hoops that these people had to go through and the different scenarios that had to go perfectly for them to eventually be able to get through this. Um, unfortunately, uh, the plot is kind of discovered by ever because at one point in the film, they incapacitate Hever, uh, ever, excuse me, they incapacitate her, but they don't knock her out completely. Like they, they do drug her uh, with a little bit of the zombie stuff, but not enough to make her like a marauding zombie, just enough to put her out cold. But she ends up waking up early. She ends up waking up and hearing 
all their plans. She, you know, she she gets disappointed with Steven because it seems like her and Steven were developing, you know, a, a relationship of some kind. But now it turns out he's one of the people perpetrating this shit. Um, so, yeah. So basically the, uh, the end of our film is um, basically our main uh, antagonist slash protagonist, Danny, uh, basically decides to just in, uh, to to inject uh, an over an overly large dose of this stuff to all these zombies and then just kill them and tell the police, I don't know, they, they attacked us like drug crazed idiots. So basically he's planning on killing, you know, half his classmates and then, you know, chalking it up to some kind of zombie apocalypse that never actually happened. So yeah, like I said, this, this plot is so convoluted. And like I said, when I see movies like this, Oh, a uh, wolf of uh, snow hollow was one recently where the events in the movie aren't actually what we think they are, and directors think they're so fucking clever that they got one over on their audience, when it's like, no, you didn't get one over on us. We we accept the journey that you take us on. As I am the movie viewer, you are the director. You are, you know, the navigator for my next hour and a half. So, you know, don't feel so proud of yourself that you actually got people, because it's a stupid plot point that nobody would ever guess. The point is, I would have guessed this movie was a little bit smarter than just turning this zombie apocalypse into just a plot from one from basically from two kids, basically two high school kids came up with this entire thing. Um, This is part of the reason I have a big issue with um, what's the Christmas movie? God damn it. Uh, With the kid uh, trying to kill his baby. Better watch out. Better watch out. Thank you. I fucking hate that movie because you're trying to convince me that a 12-year-old is a fucking maniacal genius. Fuck you. No. I'm not saying that it's an impossibility that it could never happen, but you're telling me that, uh, you know, Billy Whitebread from the suburbs is somehow a fucking criminal genius? No. Fuck that. I, I just, I had a real problem with that movie, and that's part of the problem that I have with this movie. Granted, Better Watch Out is head and shoulders better than this movie. Um, but yeah, uh, I mentioned April Fool's Day earlier. Just movies where they, they try to do that swerve where what, what we think is happening isn't actually happening. It, it's, it's incredibly rare that a movie like that resonates with me where I actually like it. So let me get off my soapbox here and tell you about the ending. So basically, um, once Ever is aware of the plot, she starts telling all her friends about it. And her friends basically turn on Danny and Steven. What they end up doing, and I also, I I skipped the jock's perceived death, which is actually one of my favorite scenes in the movie. The jock, who's a complete asshole douchebag throughout the whole movie, actually has a pretty compelling quote-unquote death scene. I have to put that in quotes because he does end up coming back later, and he actually gets a hero turn. You know, that's not something we often see. Usually the douchebag dies well before he has the chance to have a hero turn, and uh, he does have one here, so, you know, whatever. I guess I'll give him a little credit for that. Uh, Basically, the people that have been injected with the zombie serum are still uncontrollable. As far as they can be given orders, but, you know, if you let them loose, they're just going to attack anybody they see. Uh, basically they end up swapping Steven and the jock douchebag, uh, cause basically all the zombies are in, uh, like a, a cage, if you will, like a, you know, a fenced off area inside of this building. And the jock is in there too, but he's not displaying, 
uh, symptoms of uh, the zombie virus. You know, he's still basically normal while all his friends in the cage with him are marauding and trying to attack Steven, who's standing outside of the cage. But like I said, eventually um, the kids get the upper hand, the good kids get the upper hand on uh, Danny and Steven. They end up pulling the jock out of the cage and then putting Steven into the cage all we see is Steven get surrounded by the quote-unquote zombies that are in the cage, and that's the last we see of him. So, you know, no glorious Captain Rhodes death here, unfortunately. we got to stick with Day of the Dead for that one. And then, um, you know, all of, our, all of our adults are basically killed off one by one. At one point ever, another reason that I fucking love this girl does exactly what Danny did earlier in the movie, where she gets the upper hand on one of the zombies and just, fucking turns his head into hamburger absolutely loved it i'm only guessing she turned it into hamburger because they don't show us so there you go um but i still love that like she hit again she had to have hit him like a good dozen times with that great squish sound effect with every hit so um and then that's pretty much it i i uh, there is a mid credit scene in this movie i for i, I actually the mid credit so bad i forgot what it was uh, this was I didn't even pay attention as soon as the credits rolled I turned it off. Yeah, because they actually because they actually gave us the they had the audacity to show us who played who. Oh right, they did the credits yeah like that which uh, yeah they actually yeah instead of just giving us the list they actually popped up the characters and told us who played who. Yep. So yeah, I, I turned it off at that point. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what the hell was the Mike? Do you remember what it was? I just remember it, it, it said like four to five what weeks later, and I can't remember what the actual scene was. Oh, I know. Uh, I remember now. It's um, it's like the cops or FBI or oh, some right type here. of law enforcement meeting with two of the guys and basically saying like, hey, we like the results of your freaking experiment, experiment or program. Yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> so uh, – we want to do it again. Kind of like, hey, this is going to be like some type of scared straight program yeah, or something weird. Basically, thing. I mean, earlier in the movie, um, Danny and Steven actually made the reference that it was like scared straight. Uh, you know, whenever was kind of in and out of consciousness and they were talking about the plan, one of them actually does mention um, specifically that it was like that, that it was, you know. Um, that it was a, a scared straight situation that they didn't necessarily intend to kill anyone. They just wanted to scare the shit out of these people. So, yeah, the mid credit scene is basically they're in jail with their orange jumpsuits on. A, a woman in a um, business suit is interviewing them, basically saying, you know, we're real happy with uh, what you guys did. Um, you know, you were able to prove some points and none of the none of your classmates actually died. And, yeah, we'd like to we'd like to ask you to do it again. So it's like these two idiots who are absolute sociopaths are somehow getting government jobs, which I guess that kind of does make sense in this country. Eh, Seriously? Yeah. God, thank God he turns it off. Oh, like I, I even have it in my notes. The mid credit scene is awful. They are literally trying to make a bad movie worse. <laughs> and that's exactly what they did. They they somehow found a way to make it even worse than it already was. So, yeah, that's Unhuman sounds, 2022, folks. Yeah, sounds like they're trying to set up a sequel nobody wants. Oh, God, this movie ain't getting a sequel. Ugh. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. I think that's what the, the <laughs> no, thing would right. probably set up, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. They're they're trying to make a franchise here, you know, like Fear Street or something. Because now we're getting a Fear Street series, too. So, obviously, Fear Street was a success in that kind of teen-oriented horror genre. 
But as most of you know from us reviewing it, we were positive on all three chapters of the Fear Street trilogy. Um, and this movie, which, you know, is kind of similar at times, it, it has elements of Scream, Fear Street. Um, I Like I said, I mentioned April Fool's Day. It just, ah, it, it, it's, a, it's a pie. Think about if you took a pie and you put in five of your favorite ingredients, but they're not pie ingredients. Like, like you really like hamburger and you really like ice cream. So you threw it in a pie. That would be a fucking terrible pie. That's what this movie is. This movie is a pie of terrible ideas. Oh, I like that. I'm leaving it at that. <laughs> a pie chart. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I've got nothing else. <laughs> yeah. Can hey, we go, I... Mike, please? <laughs> I, mean, I want to go I th- home. <laughs> I think you pretty much summed it up pretty well. I mean, I don't know. I, again, it's just a little of blandness just, for me. Yeah, let's just go. <laughs> yeah, again, I'm not trying to say it's the worst movie I've ever seen. It's not even the worst movie I've seen this month. Go figure. Um, but it's just, it's not anything I can recommend if you're in the age group of like 12 to 19, this might speak to you, especially if you're a newer horror fan, like Mike mentioned earlier, if you're new to the genre, then, you know, this is, it, it, this isn't going to be tropey at all. You know, it's going to be somewhat new and fresh to you. But if you, if you have even 10 years in the horror genre, I say, skip this movie. There's not really a whole lot to it. Just go watch Fear Street again. <laughs> I gave my thing at the very beginning. Those only looking to boost their numbers as bragging rights should only look into it. So, yep. I wish I could take this off my list. <laughs> like I never uh, saw. It. It's like I never saw it. <laughs> yeah, I've got a few there that I could probably stand to make that claim with. There but, you go. Uh, yeah, uh, let's actually get uh, some. Uh, let's get somewhere else, Mike. Yeah, please. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well. That is going to do it for our discussion on Unhuman. Um, it, it will probably be unwatched in the future by yeah. us. <laughs> Just a guess. Unhuman, Unhuman is unwatchable. <laughs> uh, okay, well, let's find out where else we can be heard. Uh, Venom, what you got coming up and what's out now and all that good stuff. All right, well, unfortunately, folks... All the shows that I mentioned on the last episode that were to be recorded this past weekend were postponed, uh, mostly because of me. I had a really, really rough weekend. Um, I did some things I shouldn't have done, and it just turned my Saturday and Sunday into kind of a shit show. So unfortunately, both of those got postponed. But hopefully, you know, we'll still get episode 46 of the main show uh, coming up soon in the next week or two. Creature Comforts will be recorded this weekend and will definitely be out later in the week. Uh, We're going to be looking at 2010's Monsters, directed by uh, Gareth Edwards, the man who directed uh, the legendary Godzilla movie in 2014. And um, I forget what our picks are for the main show. Maybe Mike will remember when he goes over it. But um, that's probably it for me. I'm not even sure. Yeah, I don't have any guest spots currently. And uh, I'm not sure what we're going to talk about next week. So that's it for me. Okay, let's throw it on over to Don. What do you got, Alex? Yeah, um, with uh, the Creature Comforts canceled, uh, the only thing I have is uh, the latest episode of Horror Countdown, where uh, my old buddy uh, Bill Casanelli from uh, the Horror Mafia days, we went over our, uh, or the, uh, we just picked uh, 10 films we like that no one else does, so 
Always yeah, a I fun gonna, time. I was gonna I was gonna say I saw that that episode was posted. I just wasn't sure if that was the latest one. Yeah, uh, well, that always is the latest one. Is the one that's that I post. So cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I haven't heard Bill Hassanelli on our show in a long time. Yeah, um, we ended up. We had a. It, it took a while while to uh, get that one in, but. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So uh, I always enjoy going over those. So, um, I mean, it was one of those I could have just picked 10 at random and then call that my top 10 just because there's always so many. But yeah, true. Um, OK, is that it for you? Oh, oh, yeah. Um, one last thing. Um, I, I do have a guest spot coming up that I, I am going to record. Um, it's going to be a uh, fun little uh cross promotion kind of a thing where I'm going on their show and they're coming on mine. Um, I, I don't have anything worked out yet, but um, hopefully this will be um, something we can work out. Um, it is a show that I, I've been promoting on myself, so I don't know if everybody's familiar with, but it's uh, called Fraternity. Um, instead of, you know, a university, they, you know, put fright instead of uh, uni. So it's fraternity instead of university. But um, I've been promoting them for a while and uh, we, we got together. We, we have everything laid up, but we don't have what we're actually going when we're going to record everything. So it's uh, not out yet, but uh, hopefully that'll probably be um, available sometime in July. So. Sweet. That's sounds awesome. All right. Well, as far as I go, yeah, I've been keeping my schedule pretty clear. Um, like Venom said, our the main show did get pushed back, so that was something I had on my schedule. But you know, we'll probably look to get a rescheduled ASAP. Um, it's funny because this is one like I, it's like actual news items like popped up during this past week, so I'm like, oh, I actually have a, like a list of stuff to talk about, but. Hey, I'll just add to it if I need to. There you go. Um, other than that, yeah, no, I'm, I'm more listening to stuff than recording stuff these days when I go on my walks. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's it for me. Um, Venom, are we back to the theaters? I can't remember if it's this coming week or because there's was... still something in June releasing, right? Oh, the black phone at the end black of the month. Phone, that's yeah. yeah, black. That's the last week of the month. I think that that is either the last week of June or the first of July, depending on when it comes out. Yeah, it's it's June twenty fourth. It's the end of the month. Yeah. Oh. Sweet. Okay. Um, as far as this week, honestly, I am not sure. Uh, I don't think there's anything at theaters. Uh, I'm I'm actually looking at my AMC listing as we speak. And no, I know. I, I know. Did you end up seeing Watch during the theater? No, no. Since we didn't do it, I didn't. I didn't bother going out. Okay. Because I was gonna, but I when mean, I was, it, it, so go ahead. It, I don't know what, why it, it, the screens here worked kind of weird. Like it opened, and I was planning to try to go see it, and then like everything stopped like on a Thursday. I guess because there were so few screenings that they pushed it out to make room for like everything new that was opening on that Friday. But when I was looking for show times, I also read that like it was, they were going to throw it to VOD in like a week or two. So we could still maybe end up doing it if there's nothing, whatever week it comes out. If we need something, I mean, by then there should be plenty of new stuff anyway, but it's okay. always be an option. 
I've got something opening up out here in L.A. I'm not sure if you guys are getting it, but it is playing at, at AMC theaters out here. It's <laughs> this is weird. It's called The Witch Part Two, but it, it is an <laughs> oh, Asian film. Yeah, that's the uh, sequel to um, the one that came out, I think, in 2018 or 19. Yeah, and I actually like the subtitle of this one. It's The Witch Part 2, The Other One. (laughs) (laughs) Almost like telling you, no, Robert Eggers has not done a sequel to The Witch. This is something different. Uh, But yeah, yeah, that that opens in theaters out here this week. I don't really know if that one would really count, because if it's the sequel to the one I'm thinking of, it's actually an action movie, not a horror film. Oh really? Oh, that's it. It, act, it says horror action on AMC, but nothing well, no, AMC it, is the be all end all. I know, but I'm saying is that I, if it's the one I'm thinking of, it's uh, it's a South Korean film. It's an action movie. It's kind of like a superhero kind of a thing. It, hmm. it, it they kind of treat it more of like a Brightburn kind of a sense. If, if oh it's yeah, one, yeah. If it's what I'm, if it's the one I'm thinking of, it, it kind of plays more kind of like Brightburn than anything. Yeah, because the first yeah. one was actually called The Witch Part One. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the one. Yeah, a high school student with amnesia tries to uncover what has happened to her. That sounds right. Oh, wow, it's a 7.5 on IMDb. Yeah, it's really good. If it's the one, I'm, like I said, I think it's the one I, the one I oh, see. Shit. So, yeah. It's I'll really try to good. watch it before this Yeah, weekend. it's really good, but I, I, I don't know if it would really count as a, as a genre film, though. <laughs> okay. It's worth a watch, but yeah, I, I, it it's kind of borderline, and I, this is a sequel to it. And I think it picks up the events like right after. I'll look for it later. I'm, even if it's it's just Korean action, I'm I'm interested. So I'll yeah, they, they do that really good. I like those as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. All right. All right. Well, with that said, yeah, we'll get something picked for we'll the next out. episode. And uh, we'll mm-hmm. be back next Monday, most likely, with another episode of Fresh Cuts. So until then, thank you, everybody, for listening. We will catch you next time. I'll let's say bye to the listeners. Bye, listeners, and please remember to use your brains. Later. (laughs) Peace.